Hello. Welcome to Episode 8, Residual Capabilities. This week we'll be summarizing the sixth chapter of the Canadian Army in Afghanistan, Volume 1, A Nation Under Fire, 2001-2006 to by Sean Maloney, PhD. As we delve into the annals of Canadian military history, our journey takes an intriguing turn into the pages of Operation Athena, Roto 2, a pivotal chapter during Canada's involvement in Afghanistan. Amidst the shifting sands of multinational cooperation, intricate strategies, and evolving power dynamics, this operation emerges as a beacon of significance. Join us as we unravel the complexities faced by the Canadian contingent, explore the strategic intricacies of the mission, and witness the challenges and triumphs that shape this chapter in the nation's military narrative. Operation Athena Roto 2 stands not merely as a military operation, but as a testament to Canada's resilience, adaptability, and unwavering commitment on the global stage. So let's embark on this historical expedition, peeling back the layers to reveal the compelling tale of Canada's endeavors in the heart of Afghanistan. My name is James, and I'm the host of Canada and Afghanistan Podcast. Canada's involvement in Afghanistan, particularly during the early 2000s, played a crucial role in the international efforts to stabilize the region post 9 11. Operation Athena Roto 2, spanning from 2004 to 2005, emerged as a pivotal chapter in Canada's military engagement. Faced with the complexities of multinational operations, the Canadian contingent grappled with security challenges and navigated the intricate dynamics within the International Security Assistance Force. The narrative unfolds against the backdrop of shifting strategies, including the transition to Eurocorps as the ISAF lead and the aftermath of the Iraq War, which fueled an anti-American sentiment. Within this context, Operation Athena Roto 2 saw Canada contributing to vital initiatives such as the 2004 Afghan elections, executing operations like Drumheller, Fox and Raccoon to combat terrorist threats, and adapting its embedded training teams to the evolving needs on the ground. The episode delves into the complexities, successes, and ongoing challenges, shedding light on Canada's resilience and contributions in the Afghan stabilization efforts during this crucial period. During the early 2000s, international efforts in Afghanistan were characterized by a collective response to the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks and the ensuing U.S.-led invasion in 2001. A coalition of nations, including the United States and its NATO allies, converged to address the complex challenges posed by the Taliban regime and the Al-Qaeda network operating within Afghanistan. The establishment of the International Security Assistance Force in 2001 marked a pivotal moment in these efforts, aiming to stabilize the country, build institutions, and facilitate reconstruction. Early years were marked by a focus on counterterrorism operations, dismantling the Taliban regime and laying the groundwork for a more stable Afghanistan. However, the international community faced ongoing challenges, including the rise of insurgency, political complexities, and the need to foster development in a war-torn nation. Canada, as a key contributor, played a significant role in these efforts, navigating the intricate landscape of multinational operations and contributing to pivotal initiatives such as the 2004 Afghan elections. Operation Athena Roto II, a pivotal chapter in Canada's military history, unfolding during the critical period of 2003-2004, 
as part of Canada's extensive involvement in the multinational efforts to stabilize Afghanistan post-9-11. This mission bore immense significance not only for the Canadian Armed Forces, but also for the broader international community, grappling with the complex challenges of nation-building in the war-torn landscape. Canada's commitment to Operation Athena underscored its dedication to global security and the reconstruction of Afghanistan, a nation marred by conflict and instability. Led by influential commanders, General Leslie and Hillier, Operation Athena Roto II primarily focused on the Afghan capital, Kabul. The multifaceted mission aimed to address a spectrum of challenges, including counterterrorism initiatives, reconstruction efforts, and the establishment of stability in the region. Canadian troops played a crucial role in these endeavors, working in tandem with other coalition forces and contributing to the broader international strategy for Afghans' recovery. The adaptability and resilience demonstrated by the Canadian military during this operation laid the groundwork for subsequent contributions and left a lasting imprint on the evolving narrative of Afghanistan's reconstruction. As a testament to Canada's commitment to fostering peace and stability, Operation Athena Roto II showcased the nation's willingness to engage in the complex and demanding task of nation-building. The operation's outcomes and experiences gained by the Canadian Armed Forces during this period had far-reaching implications, influencing subsequent military strategies and shaping Canada's role in the evolving geopolitical landscape of the early 2000s. Multinational operations in Afghanistan, particularly during Operation Athena, were fraught with intricate challenges arising from the diverse composition of the coalition forces and the complex Afghan socio-political landscape. The coalition comprised nations with distinct military doctrines, cultural backgrounds, and strategic objectives, requiring a delicate balance to achieve cohesive and effective operations. Differing levels of commitment and varying rules of engagement among the contributing nations often led to coordination and interoperability challenges, impacting the overall effectiveness of the mission. Communication barriers, differences in equipment standards, and divergent approaches to counterinsurgency further compounded the complexities of orchestrating a unified effort. Navigating the intricate social and political dynamics within Afghanistan posed an additional layer of complexity. The country's tribal structures, historical grievances, and regional power struggles added to layers of intricacy of the mission. Balancing the interests and expectations of local communities, Afghan government entities and international stakeholders demanded a nuanced understanding of the Afghan context. The multinational forces had to adapt their strategies to accommodate these complexities, requiring cultural sensitivity, strategic foresight, and commitment to building relationships with the local communities. Operation Athena, amidst these intricate challenges, serves as a microcosm the broader difficulties inherent in coordinating diverse international efforts within the dynamic and intricate landscape of Afghanistan. The Canadian contingent faced significant limitations during Operation Athena, with security concerns playing a pivotal role, particularly in dealing with American forces. A critical challenge revolved around the reluctance to share certain intelligence, particularly the advanced soldier interoperability for coalition, due to security considerations with the American counterparts. The intricate nature of the multinational operations demanded cooperation and information sharing, but the constraints imposed by security protocols created hurdles in fostering seamless collaboration. The Canadians were caught in a delicate balancing act, grappling with the imperative to protect their intelligence while still contributing meaningfully to the coalition effort. The frustrations in sharing intelligence also underscored broader issues within the multinational framework. The Canadian contingent, despite being an integral part of the International Security Assistance Force, found itself with limited influence at higher levels of command, particularly in ISAF HQ. The absence of senior Canadian officers in key positions hindered the nation's ability to shape the direction of ISAF activities. 
This limitation not only affected the operational effectiveness of the Canadian forces, but also had implications for the overarching strategies of stabilizing Afghanistan. The security concerns and constraints in intelligence sharing with the Americans exemplify the intricate dynamics and limitations faced by the Canadian contingent during this period. Moreover, the strained relations within ISAF-HQ were indicative of broader challenges in multinational cooperation. Observations of ISAF-HQ being labeled as unworkable, dysfunctional, and a mockery of military standards highlighted the complexities of harmonizing diverse military cultures and strategies within a unified command structure. These challenges added a layer of difficulty for the Canadian contingent, attempting to navigate both internal and external dynamics to contribute effectively to the stabilization efforts in Afghanistan. The Canadian contribution to the International Security Assistance Force in 2004 to 2005 faced structural challenges that underscored the limitations of a multinational approach in the complex Afghan operational environment. The new Kabul Multinational Brigade appeared less effective and efficient than its predecessors, leading to a decline in Canadian confidence. The absence of a senior Canadian officer in key positions within ISAF HQ diminished Canada's influence on the direction of ISAF activities both in-country and in Kabul. Despite having six mid-level Canadian staff officers at ISAF HQ, they lack senior roles, impeding Canada's ability to shape strategic decisions. This structural limitation hindered the contribution of high-level development initiatives, critical for stabilizing Afghanistan, indicated by Generals Leslie and Hillier in 2003-2004. The frustrations within the Canadian contingent were exacerbated by the onset of Eurocorps as the ISAF lead, disrupting the strategic continuity between ISAF, Operation Enduring Freedom, and the UN. Eurocorps' disinterest and suspicions between the French-led force and the Americans further complicated the situation. The anti-American sentiment post-Iraq war played a role, resulting in Eurocorps discarding a prototype national development strategy crafted by ISAF Canadians. The setbacks significantly impeded the international community's efforts in Afghanistan. The structural and strategic challenges faced by the Canadian contingent highlighted the intricate dynamics of multinational operations and the need for effective collaboration within the broader coalition. The onset of Eurocorps as the ISAF lead brought forth a series of strategy challenges that reshaped the dynamics of multinational operations in Afghanistan. The post-Iraq war period witnessed a significant and pervasive anti-American sentiment that had a pronounced impact on the international cooperation, particularly in the context of military and diplomatic efforts in regions like Afghanistan. The sentiment fueled by global opposition to the Iraq invasion and subsequent developments created intricate challenges for collaboration endeavors. In the case of Afghanistan, the anti-American zeitgeist played a discernible role in the strained relations between multinational forces, particularly between Eurocorps, which assumed the ISAF lead, and the American counterparts. Suspicions and animosities between these key players complicated strategic coordination and decision-making, leading to a fragmented and dysfunctional environment within ISAF HQ as noted by Canadian and other observers from CFCA. The repercussions of this sentiment extended beyond mere operational challenges, influencing strategic initiatives critical for stabilizing Afghanistan. Moreover, the anti-American sentiment post-Iraq war manifested in the tangible policy shifts and decisions, such as the abandonment of the National Development Strategy meticulously crafted by ISAF Canadians. The strategy, based on World Bank planning, and on the cusp of assimilation by American counterparts was discarded by Eurocorps, setting back international community efforts in Afghanistan by a substantial time frame. This episode underscores how geopolitical sentiments and dynamics can significantly shape the course of the multilateral engagements, emphasizing the intricate interplay between political currents 
and military strategies in the post-9-11 era. The CFCA campaign plan, particularly with its emphasis on voter registration and election operations, played a pivotal role in shaping the strategic landscape in Afghanistan. Recognizing the expansion of NATO ISAF in Afghanistan as a probable development, the campaign plan was forward-looking, preparing to support NATO expansion if and when required. This foresight reflected the commitment to long-term stability and security in the region, aligning with broader international community objectives in Afghanistan. The shift in CFCA's operational strategy was notable, transitioning from a raid strategy centered on bases at Kandahar, Bagram, and Coast, to deploying task forces and provincial reconstruction teams to regional commands. This adjustment aimed to address limited insurgent activity in specific remote areas away from population centers, but the focus was on soft targets like development and reconstruction agencies and local governance. The creation of regional development zones, or RDZs, marked a significant departure from a multifaceted approach encompassing good governance and expansion of the Afghan National Army and police training centers, aid and reconstruction, and the deployment of combat forces. This comprehensive strategy encapsulated in the RDZ approach sought to stabilize regions by combining military efforts with development initiatives, demonstrating a nuanced understanding of the complex challenges on the ground. While the CFCA campaign plan was comprehensive, the realization of objectives faced resource dependencies and uncertainties, particularly concerning how projected RDZs related to NATO expansion. The plan also indicated a shift in focus from its power brokers and militias, suggesting a declining influence, reflecting positive outcomes from previous ISAF and Operation Enduring Freedom operations. As the primary guiding framework for countrywide strategy in 2004-2005, the CFCA campaign plan set the stage for subsequent developments, influencing security planning for the 2004 presidential elections and providing a blueprint for the international community's engagement in Afghanistan during a critical juncture. The Canadian embedded training teams encountered a series of challenges during their involvement in Afghanistan, particularly in the early to mid-2000s. One of the prominent challenges was the intricate coordination between different missions and coalitions. Authorities in Ottawa initially hesitated to approve Operation Diana, the deployment to Mazar-e-Sharif, reflecting the complexities in decision-making and authorization processes. This prompted a re-evaluation of the ETT operations, leading to a creation of Operation Archer, a separate mission encompassing ETTs and Canadian staff officers working with American-led coalition headquarters like CFCA. Despite this adjustment, ETTs faced restrictions, confining their operations to the Kabul area prohibiting deployments to certain regions. Another significant challenge for ETTs laid in navigating the dynamics of working with both ISAF and Operation Enduring and Freedom, distinct coalitions with different objectives and structures. The need for Canadian ETT personnel to contribute to the Afghan National Army's deployment across the country posed difficulties, as the nature of the mission required flexibility and adaptability. The evolution from ETTs to the Afghan National Training Center further underscored the complexities of aligning Canadian contributions with the expanding roles and responsibilities of the ANA. These challenges highlighted the intricate interplay of political, strategic, and operational considerations in the Canadian military efforts to train and support Afghan security forces. The evolution of the Canadian embedded training teams into a training detachment of the Afghan National Training Center marked a strategic adaptation to the change in dynamics in the Afghan conflict. Basic constraints are their deployment as the Afghan National Army expanded its presence across the country, 
Canadian ETTs underwent a transformation to align with the broader objectives of ANA deployment. This metamorphosis reflected the recognition that for Canada's contribution to be meaningful, we need to extend beyond Kabul and the limitations imposed on ETT operations. The decision to convert the ETT into a training detachment was not only a response to the operational needs, but also a recognition of the long-term relationships established with ANA leadership. The emphasis on leaving a sustainable solution in place highlighted the importance of continuity and building Indigenous capabilities. This transition allowed Canadian forces to contribute to the broader institutional development of the ANA, emphasizing the significance of professional relationships and acknowledgement by Afghan society that a constructive legacy was being left behind. The conversion to a training detachment of the Afghan National Training Center exemplified the adaptability and strategic foresight of Canadian military efforts in Afghanistan. It positioned Canada to play a pivotal role in shaping the future of the ANA, contributing to its effectiveness and self-sufficiency. This transformation underscored the commitment to building enduring partnerships and capacity within Afghan security forces, reflecting a nuanced and context-specific approach to the evolving dynamics of the conflict. The 2004 elections were a pivotal moment in the country's history, marked by significant security challenges that required a multifaceted approach from the international forces, with Canada playing a crucial role. Operation Athena Roto 2 was instrumental in securing the electoral process, and its impact extended beyond traditional military operations. Several operations, such as Pronghorn and Horseshoe, were initiated to safeguard the electoral process. Canadian forces provided escort and route protection to the ballot convoys, ensuring the safe transportation of materials essential for the elections. This demonstrated a commitment to the democratic process and aimed at mitigating the threats posed by insurgent activities targeting polling stations. Behind the scenes, Canadian forces, particularly the All Source Intelligence Centre, or ASIC, and the Recce Squadrons, were engaged in operations like Drumheller and Fox, which aimed to disrupt terrorist cells planning attacks during the election period. These covert operations showcased the integration of intelligence, reconnaissance, and targeted actions to neutralize potential threats. Operation Drumheller, which intercepted a significant amount of explosives inbound from Pakistan, and Operation Fox, which resulted in the arrests of multiple terrorist cells, demonstrated the effectiveness of Canadian efforts in preemptive security measures. The success of these security measures is not solely due to military operations, but also involved collaboration with Afghan security forces and international partners. The election support force deployed by NATO played a critical role in augmenting ISAF security operations during the elections. Additionally, the close coordination between Canadian forces and the Afghan National Army in Operation Raven showcased the effectiveness of joint efforts. The tangible outcomes of these security measures were evident in the relatively smooth conduct of the elections, with millions of Afghans turning out to participate, despite the persistent threats and challenges posed by insurgent groups. The 2004 Afghan elections marked a turning point, providing legitimacy to the newly formed government of the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan and marginalizing power brokers. The collaborative security efforts spearheaded by Operation Athena Roto 2 not only secured the electoral process, but also set the stage for subsequent development initiatives and international aid developments in Afghanistan. A multifaceted approach, combining traditional military operations with intelligence, reconnaissance, and cooperation with Afghan and international partners, showcased the complexity and adaptability required in ensuring the security and success of democratic process in a conflict zone. Canadian contributions to operations like Drumheller, Fox, and Raccoon during the 2004 Afghan elections were critical elements in ensuring the security and success of the democratic process. Operation Drumheller 
executed mid-September 2004, showcased the effectiveness of Canadian intelligence operations. In response to critical intelligence reporting, indicating an inbound shipment of over 800 kilograms of explosives from Pakistan, the Recu Squadron Group was deployed to maintain observation on routes Indigo and Red. The tracking efforts led to the interception of the explosives before reaching their intended targets, demonstrating the preemptive capabilities of Canadian intelligence and reconnaissance. Operation Fox was a dramatic collaboration between British sources, the ASIC, and the Recu Squadron Group. This operation, conducted on the night of September 29, 2004, resulted in the simultaneous raids of four separate terrorist cells in Kabul. The United Kingdom Patrol Company, supported by the Kabul City Police and the Canadian Recce Squadron, arrested all 20 personnel associated with these cells. The ASIC played a crucial role in sensitive site exploitation, revealing linkages between the cells and various terrorist entities in Europe, as well as evidence of transit and assistance from support cells located in UAE, Iran, Pakistan, and Saudi Arabia. Operation Fox exemplified the international collaboration and intelligence sharing that was pivotal in dismantling terrorist networks operating in Kabul. Operation Raccoon, another successful mission, targeted an HIG cell with firearms and explosives. Executed with support from the United Kingdom Patrol Company, Kabul City Police, and Canadian Recce Squadron, the operation resulted in the capture of the entire cell. The A6 role in exploitation further contributed to disrupting terrorist activities during the presidential inauguration in December 2004. These operations collectively demonstrated Canada's commitment to proactive security measures, leveraging intelligence, reconnaissance, and collaboration with international partners to dismantle terrorist cells and neutralize potential threats. The coordinated efforts during Drumheller, Fox, and Raccoon showcased the versatility of Canadian forces in dealing with diverse security challenges. By integrating intelligence-led operations, targeted raids, and collaboration with international partners, Canada played a significant role in ensuring the safety and success of the 2004 Afghan elections. These operations also highlighted the adaptability and effectiveness of Canadian forces in responding to evolving security threats in complex and dynamic environments. The 2004 Afghan elections marked a transformative moment in the country's political landscape, contributing to a significant shift in power dynamics. Independent investigations into voter fraud concluded that, despite some irregularities, they did not materially affect the overall outcome. Amit Karzai emerged as the president of the government of the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan with 55% of the vote, providing a new government with a sense of legitimacy in the eyes of the Afghan population. His electoral success marginalized traditional power brokers and set the stage for a more stable political environment. The major power brokers, including Abdul Rahim Wardak and Abdullah Abdullah, assumed key positions in the new government, signifying a recalibration of the political influence. The shift from a heavy-handed power broker such as Datsum and Ismail Khan to more conciliatory figures demonstrated a move toward greater stability. As the DDR program evolved into a more challenging DIAG program, the influence of armed factions around Kabul diminished. This transformation of power dynamics paved the way for a more inclusive and cooperative approach to governance enabling the international community to examine strategies for deploying development raid and reconstruction efforts on a larger scale. The 2004 elections therefore not only granted legitimacy to the Afghan government, but also reshaped the political landscape by reducing the influence of traditional warlords and fostering conditions for broader international involvement in Afghan reconstruction.
Following the 2004 Afghan elections, notable changes occurred in key positions within the Afghan government, reshaping the country's political landscape. Ahmed Karzai's victory as president saw a restructuring of the government, with Abdul Rahim Wardak replacing Fahim as the Minister of Defense and Abdullah Abdullah retaining his role as foreign minister, while figures like Ismail Khan and Dotsam were appointed of Minister of Water and Energy and Military Chief of Staff to Karzai, respectively. His reallocation of positions reflected an effort to diversify leadership and engage individuals with varying backgrounds and affiliations, signaling a departure from the dominance of the specific power brokers. Simultaneously, reduction of power broker influence became evident through initiatives like the DDR or Disarmament Demobilization Reintegration Program. Traditional strongmen like Dotsam and Ismail Khan saw their armed formations gradually diminishing, particularly in and around Kabul. As these influential militias were scaled down, the coercive capabilities were reduced, contributing to an environment where the influence of armed factions waned. This strategic shift aimed to establish a more stable and inclusive governance structure, less dependent on the whims of powerful warlords who had played central roles in Afghanistan's tumultuous history. In the case of Abdul Fasul Sayef, his influence progressively declined over time. A surge operation into Pegman district prompted Saif to unmask weapons caches, fostering increased trust in the Afghan Transitional Administration, ISAF. The reduction of Saif's influence illustrated a broader trend where local populations began questioning the actions of certain power brokers, paving the way for a more collaborative and responsive governance model. These changes reflected a strategic move towards dismantling the long-standing power structures that had impeded stability and progress in Afghanistan. As Afghanistan transitioned post-2004 elections, growing challenges emerged in the southern region, particularly in the form of an extremist insurgency sustaining elevated levels of violence throughout the spring and summer months. The insurgency targeted the south and east, including Kabul province, aiming to disrupt the electoral process through indiscriminate attacks. The continuous violence in these regions posed a substantial threat to the stabilization efforts, raising concerns about the security and development initiatives in the affected areas. The sustained insurgency highlighted the intricate security landscape that multinational forces, including Canadian troops, had to navigate in their mission to bring stability to Afghanistan. Simultaneously, there were increasing concerns about the continuity of strategic efforts under the leadership of Eurocorps. The change in leadership severed much of the strategic continuity that had been developed between ISAF Operation Enduring Freedom and the UN. Eurocorps, which took the lead in ISAF, demonstrated a lack of interest in coordinating with the Canadian ISAF HQ and suspicions arose between the French-led force and the Americans. This lack of coordination and collaboration posed significant challenges to maintaining a cohesive and effective multinational approach in Afghanistan. The anti-American sentiment post-Iraq war further complicated international cooperation, impacting the effectiveness of efforts to stabilize the country. As Eurocorps assumed control, the situation became more fragmented, potentially hindering the progress made by previous leadership structures. The strategic concerns about continuity were not only limited to security challenges, but also extended to the diplomatic and development aspects of the mission. Canadian Ambassador Chris Alexander expressed worries about the inertia observed in IFSAF under Eurocorps leadership, comparing it unfavorably with the more active approach during the Canadian-led iterations. The uncertainties about the future trajectory of the operations in Afghanistan added complexity to the multinational efforts, requiring strategic recalibration to address the evolving challenges in the South and maintain the momentum achieved in previous years. The period following the 2004 elections witnessed a sustained and heightened level of violence and insurgency in Afghanistan, particularly in the southern and eastern regions. Throughout the spring and summer months, insurgent activities persisted, 
posing a significant threat to the stabilization efforts in the country. The insurgency targeted various provinces including Kabul, with the intention of disrupting the electoral process and destabilizing the regions. These attacks are characterized by suicide IED attacks, assassinations of elections personnel, and attempts to intimidate the population. In response to the escalating violence, multinational forces, including Canadian troops, were actively engaged in counterinsurgency operations. The emphasis was on maintaining security and stability to create a conducive environment for democratic processes and development initiatives. However, the sustained and elevated levels of violence in the South and East, coupled with the complexity of the security landscape, presented formidable challenges in the efforts of international forces. The insurgency focused on disrupting the elections process, highlighting the intricate interplay of political, security, and societal dynamics in Afghanistan. The continuous violence in subsequent years also reflected the evolving nature of the insurgency and the adaptability of anti-government entities. The insurgency strategically used various weapons and tactics to undermine stability, including rocket attacks, attempted infiltrations, and coordinated attacks on key installations. The persistent threat underscored the need for a comprehensive and adaptive approach to address the multifaceted challenges posed by the insurgency. This period of sustained violence set the stage for the ongoing complexities in the security situation and required ongoing strategic adjustments to counter the evolved threats. Amidst their primary military responsibilities, the Canadian contingent in Afghanistan also engaged in non-traditional tasks, showcasing the multifaceted nature of their mission. One notable instance was their response to heavy snowfall in the Sarobi district, which had the potential to disrupt operations in Kabul. The Qadi patrols, part of the Reki Squadron Group, were deployed to assess the situation, demonstrating the Canadian Forces' adaptability to unforeseen challenges. In collaboration with the Kabul Military Training Center, the Multinational Engineer Group was mobilized to assist the Afghan authorities in controlling snow and ice in the passes, ensuring the continued flow of crucial supplies. Another non-traditional task involved the Canadian contingent's response to the disappearance of a Cam Air 737 flying from Herat to Kabul. When the aircraft vanished from radar, Task Force Kabul, along with various reconnaissance resources, undertook the search and rescue mission. The Canadian Health Support Services Unit, Recce Squadron Group, and the Sylvanian Reconnaissance Unit formed an ad hoc search and rescue team to locate the crash site southeast of Kabul. Although this incident was not a terrorist act, but rather attributed to poor weather conditions, the Canadian forces showcased their flexibility in responding to diverse challenges beyond their core military operations emphasizing their commitment to contributing to the overall security and well-being of the Afghan population. Operation Athena Roto-3, led by Colonel Walter Semenu, served as a transitional or placeholder rotation during a period when the Canadian government and the Canadian forces were determining the future course of action in Afghanistan. Structurally similar to its predecessor Roto-2, Roto-3 primarily focused on force protection for its own operations while remaining prepared to collaborate with the Kabul Military Training Center in shared endeavors. The rotation's core responsibility included conducting force protection tasks, route observation, and safeguarding Camp Julian, reinforcing the ongoing commitment to maintain a secure environment in Afghanistan. Within this context, Roto-3 established several operational initiatives, consolidating community outreach programs into distinct operations such as arrest, which was the police training assistance, amnesty, engineer and unexploded explosive ordnance removal, Scleptius, medical outreach, and amulet civil-military cooperation or CIMIC operations. These operations were strategically designed to influence the local population in the immediate vicinity of their operational facility, focusing on specific districts to foster a positive and secure environment. Unlike its predecessors, Roto-3 did not participate in singular, large-scale events, but concentrated on sustaining a protective presence 
and contributing to community-building efforts within its designated areas of operation. As the echoes of Operation Athena Roto II fade into the historical tapestry, we find ourselves at the culmination of a gripping chapter in the Canadian military history. Navigating the intricate web of multinational operations, the Canadian contingent faced multifaceted challenges, from strategic intricacies to the delicate dance of international cooperation. Amidst these complexities, the operation emerged not only as a testament to the military prowess, but as a beacon highlighting to the adaptability and resilience of the Canadian forces on the global stage. As we draw the curtain on this chapter, we witness the lasting impact of the 2004 Afghan elections, the strategic shifts, and evolving power dynamics that would shape the trajectory of Canada's engagement in the region. In the wake of Operation Athena Roto II, a new era dawned for Canada's involvement in Afghanistan. The elections marked a turning point, providing legitimacy to the Afghan government, paving the way for international development efforts. While challenges persisted, the Canadian forces demonstrated their mettle, contributing significantly to the stabilization of Kabul. Operation Athena Roto II becomes a symbol of not only military strategy, but of the intricate dance between security, diplomacy, and nation-building, a chapter that continues to resonate in the corridors of Canadian military history. Next week, we'll delve into Operation Argus, the strategic advisory team Afghanistan. The narrative details the challenging security environment in Afghanistan during 2005 to 2006, marked by daily threats of IED and suicide IED activities, random rocket attacks, and severe rioting incidents. The significance of the SAT-A in assisting the Afghan government is emphasized, citing its unique credibility within the Karzai government, built on personal relations and collaborative efforts with the Afghan counterparts. Imperative to replace the expiring bond agreement of 2001 leads to the development of the Afghan Compact and the intern Afghan National Development Strategy. SAT-A plays a crucial role in supporting the ANDS Working Group, contributing to the drafting of the Compact and AIANDS. The principles and commitments outlined in the Afghan Compact are enumerated, focusing on respecting Afghan culture, partnership between the Afghan government and the international community, and priorities such as security, governance, and economic development. The INDS, depicted with pillars, sectors, and cross-cutting themes, serves as a comprehensive framework for the Afghan government programs. Chapter concludes by raising questions about NATO's reluctance to assist in creating a strategic plan for Afghanistan and highlighting internal bureaucratic challenges and jealousies that would eventually contribute to Sade's premature demise. The chapter underscores the progress made in setting the funnel for reconstructive monies and leaving the critical question of the provincial-level impact of PRTs unanswered. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and may the echoes of our shared history guide us forward. Thank you. Uh, request uh, re-attack on the uh, same target location.